Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Believe in UCLA football podcast. My name is James Williams, a reporter and editor for the Orange County Register and the Southern California News Group. And as always, I'm joined here by my co-host, Josh Woods. Josh, what's going on, man? I'm good, man. You know, bless. Ain't no complaints over here. Just, mm-hmm. I guess, I mean, we're, we're in a little bit of a, not a dry spell, but, you know. It's a little quiet right now. It's a little quiet. Not much going on. Not much going on, which could be a good thing. Well, actually, I mean, there's been some stuff, but it's just not moving as fast as we're used to because we're, I mean, the season, it was just, there was always going to be something um going on especially when there's games and practices every day it's slowed down i still see a couple pictures um and some videos that they're putting on social media of the football team uh kind of doing some stuff i saw chase griffin put out a photo um that him in it and then right behind him was dante moore so dante moore's working out with the team and then tj harden is there doing his thing as well um that was really the first kind of dante moore photo i think i've seen I haven't really seen him in a lot of like on the football count, but the one Chase had, um, obviously, I mean, I knew Dante was there, but um, so Dante is working out with with the team, obviously. So was everybody. Um, I don't. I think we we talked about Kyle Ford coming in from USC, transferring in from USC to UCLA. I think within like that next week, they put out a graphic, which I think indicates to me that he's now on campus. I don't know exactly how that works if he's like added classes late or what the deal is. Um, but he's um, on campus, I believe. So things are going good. They did get a new coach, by the way. And I was kind of like trying to put the years together for you to see if like they lined up with you. But I think you guys may have just missed each other. Um, Kobe, Kobe Whitfield. Does that name ring a bell to you? You might have still been playing, I think, when you were there. I had a feeling you may not be familiar with him. But just to read off a little bit about Kobe here. Um and before it was even announced, he was out there on the recruiting trail for UCLA already. But he is, uh, he's an alum from Loyola High out in LA. So already familiar with the LA area. Um, was a Bruins grad assistant uh, for, he was a, he's a, he was a former Bruins grad assistant. And he also coached at uh, Sacramento State last year. And, but, and I think he, at the same time, he was working on his master's at UCLA. I would imagine he was doing that online. Um, so he's coach safeties. He was actually the coach for um, Quantrez Knight and Quentin Lake when they were there. So he wasn't gone from the program. Not that, He wasn't even gone that long, maybe more than a year or two. Um, but is coming back now as a full-time staffer, is out doing recruiting and all that good stuff now. So just kind of did a short stint away, went to Sacramento State. Uh, Sacramento State, I think, were they in the playoffs? I want to say they might have been in the FCS playoffs, I think. Um, but he has some coaching experience. Yeah, I have it right here. Um, they finished 11 and 0 in the regular season and reached the quarterfinals of the FCS playoffs. So he already has, you know, some, some postseason experience with him. Uh, he also was a receiver and a safety played both ways at Stanford under David Shaw. And again, three years at Loyola high, I believe he graduated in 2018. So you probably want to, you probably went against him. You probably played against him. You probably tackled dude at some point. Um, but yeah, so that's their new new hire for 
corner, but he's the cornerbacks coach. That's all I was about to say. What? Yeah. I haven't been living on the rock, but you haven't, you haven't missed much. The you only missed defensive much. coach that left was the D line coach, correct? Correct. Which is a little confusing. And everyone, you know, people want to change at the defensive back. Um, they they want uh, Brian Norwood to go to put it nicely, <laughs> but he he's like he was he's like the associate head coach, passing game coordinator, and defensive backs coach. But if you're bringing in a cornerbacks coach, I don't know if he's if just coaching the safeties. Just I just coaching don't think the I've ever seen. Or, yeah, I don't know how that would work. Where I don't think I've ever seen that, and also. Mm-hmm. I, aren't you limited on the amount of positional coaches you can have? And we don't have a D-line coach. So how is that going to work out? Yeah, that's something I've been kind of wondering about, trying to figure out. Um, I don't know. You tell me. Is the So my thing has always been what there's the inside linebacker coach, which is Ken Norton Jr., I believe, and then the outside linebacker coach, which is the one who's also the special teams coordinator, uh, Malo, Malloy, I believe. Um, do they need both of those? I'm that's maybe an ignorant I question mean, on my part, but <laughs> no, no, I mean, no, that's it isn't at all because some some um schools will have a linebacker coach that coaches both. When I first right. got to UCLA, we were in a three four, but Scott mm-hmm. White coached inside and outside linebackers. Okay, um, it was yeah. just one room of all linebackers, and then Coach Angus McClure coached the D line, which was mm-hmm. three down linemen, um, and then Nick and then in the nickel package for D lineman. Um, so that's just, that's the case. But then my last year, I mean, coach Kafusi coached outside linebackers and that's the room I was in when coach right. Pelham only coached the two inside linebackers. Um, and then they had a defensive line coach as well. So, I mean, it, it kind of depends your play style as far mm-hmm. as, um, are your outside linebackers more DN body types hybrids? Exactly. Right. Or right. is it just like, another linebacker that's playing outside if that makes sense Mm -hmm. because with scott white he could coach all the different spots Mm -hmm. but that outside linebacker role um was more of a hybrid like they i'm trying to explain this right it's like they still had characteristics and the abilities of an inside linebacker Mm -hmm. versus just having guys that majority only could do one you know, at the right. outside, which is usually when you have an outside linebacker coach, it's more of outside linebackers that rush more. Mm-hmm. So you might have like outside linebackers such as like that's like Latu. Sometimes I don't even know when I'm writing a yes. story about Latu. I'm like, do I put him? Do I say edge? Do I say linebacker? I don't ever. I just put linebacker, but I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> See, he yeah, because you wouldn't have him in a, in a meeting with Kedron Jr. because it right. makes it wouldn't make right. sense. But in the style that we were before. The outside linebackers had more coverage responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And even, I mean, even even when my last year, they were still trying to figure things out. So, like, I was a guy that was, like, a tweener guy. So, like, right, he shot. <laughs> KLS would be, like, the rusher. <laughs> and then I would be a coverage guy more mm-hmm. similar to what I was doing inside where, like, I'm man-to-man on the slot. I'm man-to-man on the tight end. Oh, I'm dropping hook. I'm dropping curl. Right. You know. Um, so again, it's like all style of kind of what you need and the emphasis of, of, of your scheme of like, is, are your outside linebackers going to need somebody that's 
locked in on them pass rushing mm-hmm. or is it can it be like okay you you can group them up together because like i'm saying like it's i feel like it'd be an awkward dynamic having a corners coach and a safety coach i just haven't personally i haven't seen it or witnessed it, it i feel like we've always had right a db's coach mm-hmm. and they all work together so like like a db might have a, a there might be a, a dbga mm-hmm. that like yeah in in position drills the right. GA can, can take the corners to the side or take the safety mm-hmm. to the side and the DB because but like overall it's usually one room because they all right. like they you they need they, they need to be on the, the same page more than anybody when it comes to pass like linebackers need to be included but like if your corners and safeties are not on the same page you're gonna mm-hmm. get to be over the top you know what I'm saying there's gonna be yeah. seams and so part of me wondered if because I'm like okay if he was working with Quantrez and Quentin then exactly so i'm like wouldn't he just be the safeties coach but they obviously must feel confident or which it's just weird because even bill mcgovern the defensive coordinator i know people yes he's still the defensive coordinator but he has experience as the cornerback coach like he like he played corner so it's not like he's unfamiliar with the position himself so i'm like let's just you know aside him being the defensive coordinator there's at least three defensive backs between him, Kobe, and and Norwood that are on the defensive staff. So I'm just like, I don't – did they need to add another one? I don't know. Maybe – but I, I look at it from this standpoint. A lot of people are saying they wanted it. Um, a lot of the fans on Twitter were saying they wanted a new secondary coach. So maybe this helps with that. Um, one, I, I think you're going to have younger corners in there this year, right? I mean, you're still going to have Kirkwood. He's, he's kind of your – veteran starter at this point but he's only played one started one year um he started one year played a lot his freshman year yeah i mean off the top they're getting some guys in the transfer portal maybe one of them starts but it's like you're kind of young at that position so maybe you want to put more resources there but then at the same time i think the biggest thing and maybe sometimes i feel like they just do this for other reasons like they're like we'll just hire him and put him as this on paper this is his title but it puts in one, a younger body out there to recruit. I think that's a big thing. Makes him more relatable. That, um, that might, that might be the thing. So that way it's like, yeah, you, he can be out more than if you, if Bill McGovern can't be out. Right. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? But what the, we still don't know, you know, what, yeah. All the, you know, the, what his situation, his health mm-hmm. and all that stuff was, but maybe this is a way of having somebody to re- go out and recruit mm-hmm. so he doesn't have to right um and then they kind of tag team the corners but yeah it still doesn't make sense because then nowhere would just have the safeties um and they still don't have a d-line coach right and they still do not have a d-line coach no which is why it was kind of a little unexpected as to like like why they did it i don't know and it's like you know there's enough i mean there people are going to be attracted to that, just the defensive line and that whole group of the defense. Anyways, like I'm sure there's more than enough people who are knocking on Chip Kelly's door or or calling him saying, Hey, I'd take this, but you know what I mean? It's like, if you have a need, it's not like they're, they're bad at that position. Um, So I'm not sure what the plan is. I don't know how long you would want to wait for uh, a, I mean, I don't know what are you doing anything with your position coaches at this point, but Uh, you're uh, slowly. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially you haven't, you're still, we're still getting guys transferring and grad transferring in. I mean, mm-hmm. or, and in committing, like we just had yep. another D lineman commit. And I assume 
part of the recruiting is like who's going to be working with me you know what i'm saying so mm-hmm. um and at, at this point especially if you're a transfer something you want to be you know meeting where position coach when you can your coordinator when you can so you can be up to speed by spring ball which is right around the corner starting what uh i don't know april maybe i'm wrong about that spring maybe maybe march March, April, maybe, maybe yeah. Depending it's gonna be your quick. It, I know that much. <laughs> kind of no chip, like starting, like Honestly. starting at the at the end of winter quarter and ending at the beginning oh, of okay. spring quarter. So it would be it would have to start next month, um, which you need a D line coach by then. But like yeah. I said, for the guys, the incoming guys that are gonna be very important to the season mm-hmm. next year. You want them to be up to speed by spring ball. So usually having your position coach um, to even – and it's just – they help guide throughout this offseason, you know, where it's like – Yep. Pelham, you know, Pelham – because Kafusi was – was Kafusi even there yet? See, I think like – I don't think we had an outside line coach for a while. I just remember like Pelham coming to me and Chris Barnes – and being like, okay, this is the plan for the offseason, X, Y, and Z. We need to work and improve on X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. You know, now y'all can whatever, right? But if you don't have somebody telling the D-line that, like, right. who's helping lead that group, develop that group, you know what I'm saying? So even perspective, yeah. not just the new guys, but somebody to talk to the veterans, the uh, the Jays of the group, um, mm-hmm. you know, the returning guys of, like, all right. Yeah, Jay Toya. Um, I don't. There's, there's. I mean, there's people there that need to be coached. So I'm just kind of like, yeah, it <laughs> needs to be developed. Because I mean, right. at a certain point, it was like interior linemen seemed to be mm-hmm. was missing. You know, not being able to stop the run. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so that's like one of the things. I mean, you want a good position coach to help lead the way, and 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 like they say like the next season starts now like there's a lot of important mm-hmm. things that happen in, in this in this off season um that are going to um prevent the the problems that happened last year you know what i'm saying yep. if you want if you want emphasis to stop in the run that stuff starts you know the mentality the work starts you get putting mm-hmm. in now um so hopefully they hire somebody soon yeah i mean i mean they kind of have to right like there's no I mean, there's no one in, I mean, unless you're going to promote somebody. It's like, like where, unless at this point, it's like, yeah, who's just. I don't know if Clancy Pendergast, oh, like, no, is no, he no. teaching? You know who they could hire? Who? Chris Wilson. The father of former Bruin, <laughs> Caleb Wilson, who was the D-line coach at SC, was the D-line coach for the Eagles when the Super I didn't Bowl. Know that. I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense. I don't know why I didn't think of this until right now. I never knew that. I didn't know his dad was a coach. His wait, yes. his dad coached at U- at USC. When Caleb Wilson came out of uh, his right. dad, his, first of all, his dad is coached at Oklahoma. Color he just got fit. He was the DC at Colorado last year. Is, okay, wait. Is that why he is that why Caleb Wilson randomly was at Oklahoma one year or like during this during this past season with like tim mcgraw or something i don't know like he was there he was like in an oklahoma game randomly and i was like what are you <laughs> i mean he spent I don't know. time he grew up that like he spent time in oklahoma i think that's why uh okay maybe maybe he has his dad, yeah. yeah i'm saying like he spent time in mississippi because dad was coaching at mississippi state okay um but 
Yes, Chris Wilson, D-line coach. He, I mean, he has NFL experience, college experience, recruiting experience. Um, I said being at SC and mm-hmm. having the the NFL D-lineman that he had in his time there. Um, and you said he was at Colorado. And most recently with no the DC there. at Colorado. Yeah, and then with the new okay. staff. So that is somebody that is it, available. You know, as far as and we hopefully, know. hopefully that would also bring in <laughs> Caleb Wilson into yeah. a, an uh, analyst or something spot, something. or head of a future head of recruiting something, or yeah. something. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that would really help the Bruins. Yeah, that would uh, that would make a lot of sense. I did not know that. I did not know that at all. Um, that's interesting. Um, so yeah, I mean that's a potential option right there for him. Um, but yeah, they they got to do something to to kind of address that need just. I mean, just out of necessity, you need to to kind of fill that void there. So we'll see what they do. Um, I know there's been some kind of talk recently. I don't know if I've mentioned it here. I think where the NCAA about like, um, like I think I, I mentioned before, like analysts, because when um, McGovern was out, they made Clancy kind of the defensive coordinator, even though he was an analyst. So there's this whole thing on like, the analysts aren't really supposed to be hands-on with the players during practice, but I think they're going to be changing that rule, which would allow for more coaching um, to kind of be done or to have more coaches available during practice or something along those lines. So maybe that opens or changes things up. Um, I'm not entirely sure how that situation's working, but maybe that's that could play a factor um, in so how UCLA goes They're forward. supposed to, they're not allowed to work with the players, but they can help the team. Yeah, like my understanding is the analysts are just guys who are like helping with the game plan, maybe looking like two opponents ahead, working on, you know, kind of doing a whole game plan for that. So that way, when it is game week for Colorado, that analyst can slap down like, this is what I know. This is what I learned. I watched all the film or there, you know, and, and that's my mm-hmm. understanding. Maybe I have it wrong. I don't know. But because uh, I my I thing, was, I, I thought like, anal- well, just from players' perspective of mm-hmm. when you know, the analysts were like a step up from a GA. Like at the time, a Pendergrass like his maybe yeah. might be different. Of uh, when like when the coaches bring in, I'm saying like his role is different than what I think of uh, analysts. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. um, almost like not quality control, but uh, they were kind of like once you were done with your GA, but you weren't a position coach, you know, so you're yeah. still kind of like an assistant mm-hmm. situation. So like our analysts were still helping, you know, right. And I think, I think it could maybe be a bunch of different ways. That's why it's kind of confusing. And I've never really wrote about it or anything because I'm just kind of. Cause it didn't make the rule of you could only, it was like a, a number of coaches, right? They, like they right. added, they added one, but then it was a cutoff to something else. Um, mm-hmm. I think that honestly, that rule might have been right before I got. It might have changed right before I got UCLA, and then maybe changed while I was there again, mm-hmm. because I remember in the recruiting process there was two guys that were helping with the linebackers, and I think one of the Scott White ended up getting getting whatever the job was before. This is while Brick mm-hmm. was still there. Scott White got the job, and then one of the other guys had to be let go. He was a good coach, but right. that just had you know like you're limited in the amount of coaches and helper and like, you know, whatever helpers right. and analysts. Yeah. 
it gets confusing because like so darren chevrini like i went to rcc riverside city college and he was like the special teams coach was recruiting guys to rcc or like you know especially some a lot of the ie guys and stuff like that and and making that program successful he ends up going to texas tech colorado um and now he's at ucla as an analyst but he was a guy who was a co-offensive coordinator at colorado he was a special teams coordinator at colorado and at texas tech he was a associate head coach at colorado he was i think i saw on his twitter page at some point like ranked in the top 10 or 25 uh recruiters for whatever year or two like you know he's a guy who was recruiting guys so i'm just like he has experience at all these different things so why is he an analyst maybe they just they're using his experience and knowledge and just you know for i don't know for for things in-house like again studying film uh drawing up a game plan so they can present it when it comes that time for that particular opponent or something like that um I'm not sure, but for me, I'm like, if dude's a good recruiter, why isn't he, you know, why isn't he recruiting? But that's the thing. I think analysts can't recruit. Yeah. Analysts, um, analysts and GAs are not, cannot right. be out there. Only position. Mm-hmm. Positional coaches. Yeah. I think is yeah. more or less. Cause even Chip, I think has so many visits he can take as the head coach. Yeah. Because so. yeah, you mm-hmm. can have your coordinators and positional coaches or your area recruiters come visit. Mm-hmm. I think however many times they want or can, but uh the head coach can only go yeah maybe once and then i mean a home for the uh home visits the home visits yeah there's a limited number on home the visits head coach mm-hmm. can only i think can only come in one time yeah i think yeah it there's there's a lot of those kind of rules that are like by the time i even bother trying to figure it out it will have changed to something else so i don't really sometimes i try not to get lost in the sauce on some of the yeah, I mean, stuff because yeah it's i'm so like, out of it now because i think they uh when i i was talking to coaches during covid mm-hmm. just on like how everything was going and everything and mm-hmm. like they were doing zoom recruiting calls mm-hmm. and i was like oh that's different but the coaches kind of liked it because they could do it from anywhere yeah and it was a time limit which right. i was like i feel that because i've been thinking when coaches come to see me you know um dang you had to Fly, like not just UCLA coaches, I'm talking like mm-hmm. Oregon and when you know when schools like coming to see me like Tennessee and Oklahoma and Notre Dame and like you know schools that are further mm-hmm. away. I'm thinking like, dang, they had to fly in and then drive around, you know, mm-hmm. ten freeway, come see me. Yeah, right. Hit the hit the, hit like the, map it out and hit it right. Hit the, yeah. yeah, hit the hit the two ten. Go see Low Kenny. Right, like right, you know what right, I'm saying? Because because right. usually if if a school came to see if you know mm-hmm. came to see me is like oh they gonna go you gonna see Low Kenny today? They, they got, got a like, route. Yeah, they got a route. Yeah. They haven't mapped up. When they're hitting the IE, they're hitting you. They're hitting everybody. They're they're hitting Alloway or whoever. They're hitting uh whoever. Yeah, else. yeah, yeah. That yeah. was always cool. But I'm saying, like I understand from a coach's perspective, like dang, all that traveling, driving, mm-hmm. like just to spend. 20 minutes 20 maybe 30 minutes with a player you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying like mm-hmm. 10 to 15 minutes maybe just to even pull up to school to see what talent is there for 10 to 15 minutes get the mm-hmm. rundown da, da, da. um yeah so that, i mean that's and and that's one of the things where like you have to build a staff that is good at that and like not just not just will do it but like mm-hmm can do it because there's can like a... do it almost enjoys doing like you know what i'm yes. saying because that's like you mm-hmm. it, it's a 
because in college it's it's not a it's a must you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so it you know it, it becomes um like what the coach is trying to tell us you know all the time is like oh you don't you don't have to do this you get to do this for a for a coach recruiting <laughs> you don't have to, like, yeah you know what I'm saying? No, yeah you yeah you get to do that so you need I'm saying maybe, and again, maybe that's why they brought in a a, mm-hmm. a younger, um, a younger guy, yeah, with, mm-hmm. with uh, Whitfield, so that you have somebody young on the road that can get around, that doesn't mind this, that doesn't, you know, might have not have that family roots older, right. have all yes. these things the, going on, right, you know, right, man. right. Oh, you're from Oklahoma? Okay, yeah. Here, let's take the trip. So you know, let's get you out to Oklahoma. Sure. Like things like that, because again, I, and I've always thought about that. They, if you think about the coaching staff, it's what it's old. They're older. Bill McGovern. I mean, Ken Norton Jr. And Ken Norton Jr. He's still out here moving. Like he's in college. Uh, I just see him at a lot of different stops. Sometimes I'm like, go ahead, Ken, you doing your thing player. Um, you know, Pentagas, he's a, he's a, an analyst, but he's older. Um, there's like a lot, there's, there's like a lot of older guys where I'm like, who's the but, young but dude who's like, Jerry. Yeah, Jerry yeah. Newhouse well, well, on saying. offense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Coach Foster makes his rounds. Mm-hmm. Gunderson, uh, who's a younger, he's the quarterback coach. He's he's a, on the younger end. So he kind of. The, the tight ends coach looks younger. Mm-hmm. Ferris, I've seen him moving out there too. Mm-hmm. Um, so the offense is I, full of younger guys compared to the defense for sure. And, and I, I think that's, we're getting bigger offensive recruits. If you mm-hmm. look at this, you know, mm-hmm. this, this past offseason in this this class um it's a lot more offensive guys um so i think going back to that d-line i think it's important that you get somebody maybe younger but i'm thinking also having the diversity having a polynesian coach i'm saying yep. that's because we just lost one and then mm-hmm. um outside linebacker coach is i'm pretty sure but yeah. um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. having having that diversity you know making guys feel you know, at home. Cause I mean, right. that, that's also like one of the things that's always important was, um, I think like whenever we, we got new, new poly guys, it's like a family, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And like having those coaches are like uncles and like, I was almost like an honorary Uso. So, <laughs> I'm with y'all honorary too, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, that's just really important when a kid's making a decision of where they want to be for the next three or four years. No doubt about it. Um, real quick, we'll we'll get to Dorian and, and the Shrine Bowl and, and the guys that for UCLA that are participating in that in a minute. Um, but you mentioned like when the head coaches come and visit and like, you know, they're seeing you, they're seeing Lil Kenny, they're seeing whoever else in the IE. Um, and I hear about this quite a bit, like when I watch some recruiting shows and stuff where they talk about like, oh, like Dan Lanning, the Oregon coach, he's going here, he's going there, he's going there, where they'll say, like, you know, if you if you're going to visit five different dudes doing home visits, you probably ate five different meals, five different dinners. Did you ever have to cook for um, or did your parents have to ha- ever have to cook for like head coaches on these official visits or like when they come when they when a head coach comes to your house? Like, is it special? Or are you doing anything like I've always been kind of curious, like I've never asked a player that. Yeah, I mean, I only did my only in homes were UCLA because at that time it was oh, really? UCLA or Oregon, and um, the Oregon coaches were only were only coming during the day at school. So okay, but I spent yeah. like lots of time with coach at the time. Coach Pelham was at Oregon, and he brought mm-hmm. the head coach, and you know, but those were always like in office, being there for gotcha, like gotcha. thirty 
30 minutes an mm-hmm. hour um but uh i had like maybe two or three UCLA home visits okay <clears throat> where i think coach meat came then coach me and coach Obert came and then the final one is more one Right. Mora came with with both of them. All three of them came. Mm-hmm. And that this one is, is my... probably closer to like signing day, maybe, right? When they're trying to like se- yeah. kind of secure you, get you locked in. It was it it might have been a like in between in between the bowl game and mm-hmm. my official visit. Yep. That's usually when I, it yeah. I took I took my official visit the last weekend before signing day. Um okay. so it was in between during that time. Um, and I think, I don't know, my mom just cooked a bunch of like finger foods and then, cause I know they had to like get around and stuff, but, um, I only think, I don't even think Coach Moore ate none. I think only Coach Meat and Brick did. <laughs> but the thing that was crazy is on the, on the Moore one that was different than the other ones mm-hmm. in Upland, it was the day it was raining crazy. Mm. Like it was raining so hard that day. And I remember him coming like no jacket, his button up jeans and some like brown like not loafers but like he was suited you know, and booted eh, like casual like okay gotcha you like know. business casual or whatever yeah like when a dad goes to his son's game type. <laughs> <laughs> if you can imagine that okay that was a, that was a coach i was wearing um yeah no hood no nothing hands in his pockets and walk through the rain like it was nothing and we're just like like my dad is like not embarrassed but he's like you know, like, let me get you, brother. Da, da, da. And, and then he was like, mm-hmm. "I'm from Washington. Like, this is nothing." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he yeah, there ain't nothing to him if you're from Washington. But now nah, he was going to see Josh Woods. He knew he had to go get you. He had no time to, you know, he wasn't playing they, games. They knew I was almost on the fence. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Real quick. Um, a few things as we kind of wrap things up here. I know I said we'll talk about Dorian. We'll do that in a minute. I do want to kind of just shout out a few names. Uh, they did have the team banquet. Um, Charbonnet was uh, MVP for a second straight year. Uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson, again, who we'll talk about in a minute, was named the most outstanding senior. Um, Bo Calvert got the Jerry Long Hart Award. Jake Bobo was recognized as an academic All-American. Um, you had some scout team honors. Uh, linebacker Adam Cohen, I believe, was for the scout team defense. Jaden Marshall was the scout team for special – or was the special teams scout player of the year, um, who a lot of people kind of see as like that next Kaz Allen type. He has good speed on him. Um, and then Sam Yoon, who was uh, also from Loyola, an offensive lineman, was like the scout offensive player of the year. Um, and then I saw John Gaines, I think, was recognized for something academic, athletic-related. Um, they don't really put it out there. They just kind of put a video, so I was kind of trying to listen to some of it, and they showed some of the awards. Um, Mo Osling and uh, Stephen Blaylock were also honored. Moffy was awarded something by um, strength and conditioning coach um, Belton. So I'm assuming maybe there was something there to honor him just because of Moffy and his journey and the way he kind of um, you know, everything he did with his body and stuff during his time at UCLA. So those were some of the names that were mentioned. Um, and yeah, just real quick, anything on, uh, the team banquet that you remember or, or, or yeah, just anything from the team banquet during your time. It, the food always sucked. That was one thing. <laughs> it was I, always, were, no, well, I mean, compared it, to the stuff y'all eating during the season. 
Oh, the stuff we get this season is way better. It's because it, it, it would be like, like, like fancy, like a three course mm-hmm. meal. Da, da. But you, see, you know, like the right, portions right, right. are small and like it's like trying to look good, but it doesn't mm-hmm. mean it tastes good. Yeah. So that was always a thing. It was a time for everybody to get suited and booted. So like mm-hmm. everybody's dressed up, you know, nice. And I mean, I mean, it's always a cool way to like send the seniors off and like you always wonder who's going to win the awards kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, I don't know. I guess it's it's cool because you'd be like, "Oh, he's gonna win!" Ah, oh. <laughs> and then, <laughs> it's like yeah. that, that that thing. So it's like for I remember ours. It was like they when they were saying the awards, like it could have been me or Christopher, like any like, mm-hmm. oh no, you're gonna win this one. Oh no, you're gonna win this one. Mm. Did you ever win anything? Yeah, I think me, him, and Lil Kenny all won for. I think I I, I won the one that Bo Calvert won. The hard award. I think I remember hearing about that. Yeah, and I think Chris got the defensive, like leader MVP one. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, no. but um, it was always cool, you know. Just no, no doubt about it. It just kind of recognized the guys and stuff. Yeah, and like for the seniors, last time to you know be around each other for something, you know, having the whole team all together, um, and then parents being there and stuff like that. And uh, speaking of those who were, so we some of those guys, even some of the award winners weren't there because uh, they're doing their thing in the East West Shrine Bowl out in Vegas. Um, I know that was a big deal for a guy like Dorian Thompson Robinson, the quarterback over the last five years for UCLA, um, really making a name for himself out there. And it's reminded me of Kyle Phillips, the you know, a, the guy who was throwing the ball um, to Phillips or, or Dorian was throwing the ball to Kyle last year. Kyle had his time to shine and really made a name for himself in the Shrine Bowl. Now Dorian is doing that same thing. Um, you know, it's like all I see all these reporters from practices, like who, who's the player who stood out? Dorian, Dorian, Dorian. And like they're showing Dorian's throws, saying he's making all the right throws. He's making all the right decisions, really raising his stock up quite a bit. Um, you know, I, I had him maybe in, a, in the later rounds, I think was kind of the thing. I think maybe he'll still end up in the later rounds, uh, but I think he's really securing his um, opportunity to be drafted. I think. Uh, he's really um, putting that on display. I would imagine he's going to start. I believe that the game's actually going to be starting here pretty soon, so I'm going to be watching that. Um, Jake Bobo is is was kind of spotlighted, uh, I think, on the NFL Network as someone who's doing good at, at receiver, catching balls, you know, um, doing all the right things. Antonio Maffi is is, I see, is pushing dudes. <laughs> yeah, I've seen I've been seeing some clips Moffey's and hearing things dudes. about that too. A few uh, different times, yeah. He's looking good out there. Um, who else? Um, I seen Doran said there's like what? There's a f- quite a few of them there. Yeah, there's five. I think Kaz is Kaz is there, mm-hmm. and then I think John Gaines, I believe, was a late ad because he all the other four Kaz, um, Mafi, Dorian, and Bobo are all on the west. John Gaines is on the east. I think he was a late ad because he was at that um, NFLPA bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think he might have been a late ad. So good for John because I don't remember that ever being announced, but I saw it on the roster recently. Um, so he's out there, and yeah, I, UCLA is well represented. They're putting on a good showing. Like I said, Kyle did it last year. Um, we're seeing Dorian do it this year, and it's kind of exciting. Um, and then I I think one of the first days they were out there, like Bill Belichick was spending a lot of time with Dorian. Um, so maybe the maybe the uh, the Patriots pick up Dorian. That's, that's one of um, Chip Kelly's good friends. The, 
Uh, Bill's been there a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, there was something about the Chargers spoke to Moffy, um, and I think the Chargers. I guess Moffy said this, but Moffy, the Chargers have been on his. I guess they told him he's been on the radar for the last couple of years, something they, like that. They, use, they come around a lot, especially being in, in mm-hmm. LA. But mm-hmm. like they usually, um, they put on the little the junior, not the junior. I forgot what it's called, but the prospect, like the draft eligible. Oh. Yeah, like they come mm-hmm. in like you have to do the Wonderlick test and they give you all the measurements. It's usually mm. always like a charger person there representing. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then real quick, before we go, I just had it here as we wrap things up. I do want to mention UCLA sent out a press release and let us know, I guess there was some conflict from the Sun Bowl with the, with Pittsburgh. Um, and they on Twitter worked out something with the stats, but now Dorian, I think at the end of the game was like, three or four yards short of like being the all-time passing leader. Um, the stats were correct. Who? Uh, Cade McNown. So now Dorian, how long did Cade McNown play? Like only like two or three years, I think, which is super impressive. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. But, but Dorian is now the new passing leader, um, by two yards. Shout out. Dorian. Ten, he's like the, he's like the LeBron James of UCLA football. Yeah. 10,710 okay. yards. Um, so I'll have all that information down. Uh, we're going to wrap it up there, Josh. Um, it's been, been fun catching up on everything. We'll have some other good stuff to kind of finish out the, the off season here and get us ready for spring ball. But until then, make sure you guys continue to tune in and we'll catch you in the next one. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.